Hi, this is Leslin from Try This at Home. Carl Jung said the privilege of a lifetime is to become who you truly are. As a therapist, I often see people who are questioning how you ever find the answer to that question. Today, we're talking about what it means to live life authentically. So grab a cup of coffee or a glass of wine and listen in. When your day goes south or your relationship gets salty, you need tools that will turn it around. With decades of experience and a variety of perspectives between them, Leslie Sleesman and Leslin Kantner bring you tips and tricks for solving problems, increasing happiness, and creating your best life. Together, they're sharing ideas you can take home and try. Each week, their discussion will zero in on one idea, one technique, or one activity that has the potential to make your life a little better. And now, here is Leslie and Leslin with Try This at Home. Good morning, Leslie. Good morning, Leslin. How are you today? Great. Good. Yes. We're, I can see the, the light at the end of the summer tunnel. <laughs> you know, I... <laughs> I often remember, and I don't know if they're still on TV, but early in July, Staples would play this commercial of a mom running through the store, jumping and doing all these little heel clicks, you know, like back to school time. And they're super, um, <laughs> super excited. And oh, I, yeah. I even oh, know yeah. some of my clients are coming in going, oh, my gosh, I really <laughs> need to have school start. I know. I love my kids so much. And I do enjoy having them home for the summer. But I think it's because the summer coincides with the busy season with my planner business. And so it's sometimes hard for me to still balance well those two things. I know. Yeah. So today we're talking about authenticity. And I think it's very authentic of you to say that you're ready for your kids to go back to school. <laughs> yeah, that is the truth. <laughs> I'm excited to talk about this topic because um, you had said something to me back, you know, forever ago, it seems, when you were my therapist, that was profound. Profound. Like, I said like something profound. You said something very <laughs> profound to me. And I'm sure it's probably funny for you because different people probably say that you say different things are totally. profound and they're totally. probably not all the same. Never. No. <laughs> um, but you had told I suffer from anxiety and you had told me that any time that you are not your authentic self, that is when the door kind of cracks open for anxiety to bust through. Yes. I I call this my totem pole theory, actually. Yeah. And I have a blog post on theharmonycc.com for anybody who wants to really get more information on this. But And, and I might add this is totally something – it's a metaphor I made up because so frequently when somebody would come to me with anxiety or a mild case of depression, mm -hmm. um, we would eventually discover that it's because they were living a life of shoulds. They were living mm -hmm. a life of somebody else's shoulds. You know, they weren't right. really engaged in a life and so I, a life that was true to them. And so right. I think about if you... If your core self, your most authentic self is a totem pole, and I like the totem pole analogy because totem poles 
are designed in stories, right? They, a right. totem pole tells a story. Yep. And your most authentic self is made up of all of these really interesting, intricate parts. And when you are living your day-to-day life in tandem with those most eccentric, innate parts of you, yeah. then imagine that you're hugging your totem pole. Mm-hmm. And that's when life, that's when you're most connected to your truest self, right? right? But if I'm doing what my mom thinks I should do, or my partner thinks I should do, or what my boss thinks I should do, or what I think somebody wants me to do, yeah, maybe that's not innate to who I am. And so right. my behavior is kind of way out here in left field, and maybe I can't reach my tel- my totem pole. Yeah. Right? If my behavior does not match my most truest self, mm-hmm. It leaves space between where I am and my totem. Yeah, where you know you should be for your own self. Well, that's it's just where yeah. my most authentic self, right? right? It's and so if there's distance there, then it leaves kind of this room for anxiety or for depression, mild depression cases to to really grow. Yeah. Um when I think about the most authentic people I know, I can think of Oprah, um, maybe Gandhi. You know, um, I try to live authentically, but the truth is most of us really mm-hmm. kind of live dancing within arm's length of our, mo- of our totem yeah. pole, yeah. you know. And then every once in a while something happens and we start taking a little walk away, <laughs> you know, thinking we're doing the right thing. But getting too far away from ourselves. Yeah. And for me, you know, we've talked about toxic people. And I think that when you start, for me anyway, when you start going away from that, it's sometimes because there are people that are kind of pulling you into their gravity Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. away from where you want to be. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it's because you're like, ooh, that thing over there seems pretty interesting. Let me go take a look. And then you right. kind of get lost. Right. Right? Yeah. I talk to a lot of people who will come in and they'll say, I've just lost myself. Yeah. And, I, you know, sometimes we wander because of curiosity. Oh, I wonder what it'd be like to date somebody like that or... Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I got married to somebody like this and I'm, you know, I did that more out of curiosity or maybe I'm a, a, an artist at heart, but I had to earn money. So I took a job as an accountant and yeah. I, um, I worked with somebody one time who was really sitting in a dark place and he had made a very abrupt decision to quit his job. But he explained that he had been quite miserable for a long time. Yeah. You know, and he and I said, well, why did you do it? And he goes, well, the money was good. You know, I supported yeah. my family. The money was good. Um, but it just wasn't it wasn't fulfilling. It wasn't challenging. It didn't it, it didn't really take me any place positive. And then one day in this fit of of frustration I quit yeah now the problem the bigger problem was is he didn't really see that as coming back to more or giving him an opportunity to come back to his true self right he saw that as a um 
a violation of his commitment. And it created even a bigger problem. Hmm, that's interesting. I, I think the money thing kind of brings up a good point. I have a, someone that I know who um, has trouble sometimes with spending. And this person just spends and spends and spends. Don't talk about me, Leslie. <laughs> <laughs> right? A lot of people might be like, is she talking about me? No. <laughs> it's no. Um, but she, her authentic self knows that this is not a good good choice. Um, and, and she'll spend and spend and spend until there's like, you know, a lot, a lot, a lot of money owed on a credit card. And then super anxious about it and and worried and like oh no like you've got to dig yourself out of the hole and it just causes a lot of problems yeah and you know honestly i think brene brown talks a, a good deal about the the shame cycle yeah and when we do something that we're ashamed of mm -hmm. it's an indication that it's not consistent with our most authentic self. If I'm ashamed right. of it, right. I'm I'm probably doing something that goes against the grain of my character. Yeah, yeah, right? definitely. Um, because let's face it, you know, if I walked down the street naked, I'd probably be ashamed. Of course, <laughs> nobody would want to see that. But <laughs> there are people who are naturalists yeah. who feel very comfortable doing that, and they have yeah. no shame associated with nudity. Because it's what they believe it's what they do yeah. yeah and so that would be authentic to them then mm -hmm. it's just simply not authentic to me right yeah I think there's a lot of like parents new parents young parents mothers in particular I think lose themselves pretty easily absolutely in, in the service have the potential to sure yeah um and so it's it's always you know something that I I see and that I have noticed in myself from time to time where you're you're doing what you need to do for your family, even if it means it's not, you know, I guess your authentic self. Yeah. Moms do that with their kids often. Men do that with their jobs. Because mm -hmm. we all are kind of, we try to fall into these things that, again, fall in line with shoulds. If mm -hmm. you me somebody who's anxious, I will show you somebody who's living by a list of shoulds that are not authentic to them. Right. Yeah, because not all shoulds are bad. No. No. I mean, as long as they're they're in line with what you believe. Yeah, fine. but like our podcast, we did a podcast about this very early this year. And a should that is good is a could. <laughs> that rhymes. I, I feel like Dr. Seuss is very <laughs> proud of you for saying that. <laughs> a should that is good is a could. You know, it really, I've never said that before. <laughs> It, but it's true. If it's a, if it's something that's consistent with you, then you're going to probably say, "Well, I could." Yeah. Right. right? Yeah. It, um, and that's a much healthier approach. Right. Uh, it's much more authentic. So, what do you tell people when they come in and say, "I've lost myself"? How do you help them find their true self? Well, we talk a lot, right? We talk mm -hmm. a lot about who they were as children, when they feel they're, they're most peaceful. You know, there's a, an element of contentment that exists when you are at your best self. Right. And not happiness necessarily, because we can be fun and giddy in the middle of a pretend scene. Yeah, right? sure. But we can be, but 
we're less apt to be content unless we're feeling doing something authentic. Mm-hmm. There's kind of a comfortableness that exists. And very often, um, an, an absence of time, mm-hmm. um, there's a concept called flow. Mikhail, then, then there's a long last name that starts with a C. Yeah. I think it's a Polish last name, and I'm so sorry I can't pronounce it. But he's a researcher who talks a lot about flow, and athletes and artists will often experience flow because they get into this really authentic state where they become kind of one with it, and there's a, a, a um, disappearance of time. Yeah. Um, so you can you can identify it that way. You can also take there's a um, University of Pennsylvania has a happiness research center. And one of the things that came out of that is the values and action inventory. It's a strengths assessment uh, that is really good at identifying kind of key virtues that are strengths for you. Now, there's 26 items. None of them are negative. If you score high in one thing and something else falls at 26, it doesn't necessarily mean that's a weakness. All of these strengths kind of exist in us. We're just showing the ones that are dominant. Yeah. And so I often will have people look at the ones that are just the top five. I, I took this. I, you, I you took did. this, yes. What are your top five strengths? Okay. Well, some of these I feel, uh, well, okay, let me just say my top uh, love of learning mm-hmm. is number one. No surprise there. Kindness, mm-hmm. number two. Again, no surprise. <laughs> Spirituality, number three. <laughs> uh, humor, number four. And curiosity, number five. Interesting. And if, if, if people have been listening to our podcasts all along, mm-hmm. you probably have picked up on a couple of those. Yeah. Mine are hope, mm-hmm. kindness, yep. fairness, mm-hmm. love, okay. and gratitude. And I always, when I teach the Elevate class, um, I have my students take this test on day one, and then I ask them to create a mission statement for themselves. Ooh, I like that. So it's a mission statement that lists the top five strengths. Use those top five strengths and create a mission. And I'll just give you mine. Yeah. Mine is, I am Leslin, who is at her best, a woman full of hope for the future, the world, and for people. I work to exemplify kindness and fairness in all that I do, and I'm driven by love and gratitude. I love that. So that's my missions, my personal mission statement. I'm feeling a little bad that love doesn't show up for me until 14. <laughs> but remember, it's not about, you know, you have spirituality and kindness up there. Yeah, yeah, that's, so, that's good. And we've already talked over and over again about how God is love, right? Right. So if spirituality. Yeah, that. We'll say that counts. <clears throat> that definitely counts. And I'm also a little freaked out that I'm in a very super creative job, uh, and that creativity doesn't show up until number 20. <laughs> <laughs> but the so. love of learning is up there at number one. Yeah. And I think that's really interesting because you have so many curiosities, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and the love of learning will just... I think maybe creativity is part of that learning. And isn't yeah. it that kind of what happened? Yeah. Like you yeah. needed something. So right. you learned, you taught, yeah, taught yourself myself, right? how to do it. Yeah. So 
I think that kind of fits. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> but yeah, most of these I can I can agree with. Some of them I'm shocked they're down on the list. But you never know how far away, like, you know, number number five and number 20 could only be like two points apart. So you never really know this game. Yeah, and it's not, I, I want to really caution people, it's not a deficit kind of report. No, looking at the results, it's it's all very positive and just very informative. Yeah. Yeah. And it, by the way, this is a free test that anybody can take. And mm -hmm. um, it's actually our recommendation this week to take the VIA uh, inventory. And we'll put a link to that on yeah. our um, resource page. Yep. But I think it's it's interesting. Authenticity is really about awareness of what feels intrinsic, what what feels like it's really resonating deep inside of you. Yeah, part of like your core being. Like. Yeah, and you're not going to know that unless you kind of slow down and you take time to pay attention to how, how am I feeling right now? Yeah, and I, I just want to say, you know, the longer that you've been living away from this core person, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm the longer it's going to take for you to really get back to it and figure it out. Because you built some, well, you probably uh, made some habits yeah, and that you need to break down. Yeah. And maybe even more problematic is you de develop some erroneous beliefs. Mm, that's interesting. Yeah. You know, which we've talked again a lot about thoughts and how hard it is. But maybe one of the good, the best examples is somebody who believed, who developed a belief that they weren't worth it. Mm. Okay, that they didn't matter. Right. Well, that's first of all, if that's erroneous, just right from the start, right? right? Because everybody's worth it. Everybody matters. Right. But if you develop that belief system, that that single belief is going to prevent you from trusting some of that intrinsic knowingness, right? That happens. Let's say. Let's go back to the artist example. Let's say that you actually do have some creativity, but you didn't get a lot of validation growing up, and you so you never pursued that as mm -hmm. to refine the talent. If you pick up on that, and it just it it's something that maybe uh, evaporates time, right? You really dive into it. Right. And you get very creative and maybe your um, top strengths are creative. And um, I don't know what other things would off the top of my head that would pull toward that art. But if mm -hmm. you're able to engage in that um, and they're consistent with this artistic endeavor without the belief that you're worth it and that you can, mm -hmm. you won't pursue that. Yeah. Can you, okay, so you're saying that you're worth it, and that's actually kind of a a thing that I have. I don't know what I would call it, but I notice this a lot. People, it's it's like very popular to say I'm worth it. And, mm -hmm. and I'm not saying that it's not true, because mm -hmm. it, it obviously mm -hmm. is true, but um, people use it without any sort of explanation. And I think that seems weird to me. <laughs> like, you're worth it what like you okay. know what, you know what i'm yeah. trying to say i guess i'm probably not so are we well. are we it depends the context right if right. you're saying well i just spent 145 dollars on a balayage right because i'm worth it you right. know when your electric <laughs> bill went unpaid yes i'm thinking that's just a 
a uh, justification yeah. for so, an ego fill. Yes, right? correct. Yeah. But if you're saying that the cutest guy in the office just asked me out, mm-hmm. I'm maybe I'm worth that, then right. that's, I would say that that's a valid thing. Yeah, I'm yeah. worth it. I'm worth going out with the cutest guy in the class. Right. I remember meeting Rocky. So I was just turned 21 years old. Mm-hmm. And I had been challenged with my weight a long time. You know, I'd spent, I didn't, at that point, I had braces. But for most of my life, I had these really nasty buck teeth that I didn't like. And the idea that this six foot three blonde gorgeous man would want to go out with me was outrageous i didn't feel quote unquote worth it right okay yeah yeah because he was too cute i thought Mm -hmm. sure so i think it depends on the context and in terms of worth it i'm talking really the basic humanities yeah there isn't a child born that's not worth love yep there's not a child born, and by the way, there's not an adult, therefore, because <laughs> right. children turn into adults. So yes. every single human being is worth respect and love. And when I say worth it, really, that's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad I'm glad we talked about that because that definitely is something that I do see being used, like you said, kind of just as justification for maybe overspending or overeating or over fill in the blank, whatever it is. Yeah. And, and that's not... <clears throat> You're, you're worth more than that, ironically, right? Like, you're worth taking the time to eat a healthy meal. You're worth, you know, not stressing yourself out and staying on a budget. Like, you, you know, so sometimes people use it as a justification for the exact opposite thing. Yeah. And at the end of the day, this love and respect thing, that's about self-love and self-respect right. also. Yeah. So does that mean that I'm going to go take a hot bubble bath because I'm worth it? Yes. Right. Unless you're using the hot bubble bath as a justification to avoid something. Right. You know, so I think we have to be honest. And being honest is also about living authentically. (laughs) That's right. Yep. Yep. You know, if you can't live an authentic life, if you're not honest. With yourself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. At the very beginning. At the very beginning with yourself. And then, and truly, again, with other people, it's always pretty fascinating to me. Also, we can kind of turn this around and say that, remember I talked about living in shame? Right. So most of the time when there's a lie Mm -hmm. in our life, we're kind of ashamed about that. Yeah. Right? And that lie can also be representative of us being disconnected from our most authentic self. It, yeah. One would say, well, of course, a lie is a disconnection. Yeah, definitely. It's the opposite of something. Yeah. I, um, a lie is a good, I think, it's, it's a great indicator that something is off. Yes. <laughs> yeah. If you're lying to yourself or to right. somebody else, it's an excellent indicator that you're not living your most authentic life. Yeah. If you're if you're feeling shame, if you won't, you don't even have to lie if you're hiding something, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. Sometimes people can hide things without lying about it necessarily, right? Because, and then again, we could go into the <laughs> debate of is not telling or not sharing. A lie by all, omission. Yeah, lie yeah. by omission. So, yeah. I think that those are 
definite indicators. Can you think of other indicators that would kind of highlight the disingenuate? Um, I think sometimes just a feeling of dread mm, mm-hmm. is, is one for me. Although that that is um, not always, the feeling of dread for me is not always a true feeling or I don't know how I would say it. But um, so I'm an introvert and I, I prefer to not be in large groups of people. Um, however, when I like say that I'm going to go out and do something with a group of friends, um, I, I sometimes dread it right before. And it's not because... I don't love who I'm going to see because I do. And every single time when I when I do it, because I know I, you know, I've committed to something and I follow through with it, I always have a great time. Mm-hmm. And I'm always mm-hmm. so thankful that I that I've done it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it can be tricky, but but there are other times when I dread something and I know it's because I shouldn't have said yes. I shouldn't have been the people pleaser. So I, you know, there's something that I that I probably should not have committed to because it goes against my core belief or I'm I'm saying yes to something when I should be saying yes to something else instead I'm kind of putting off something that's good for me or good for my family in order to say yes to someone when I really shouldn't so dread can sometimes be an indicator for me like like lying can be yeah yeah I think that's a really good example your body and your psyche will tell you when you're not living authentically yeah It will. Yeah, definitely. Um, And I think that's a big part of why mindfulness has been so good for our society. You know, Mm -hmm. for anybody that's really involved in a mindful practice will tell you that they're able to live more authentically. Yeah. Because they're paying attention. Mm -hmm. So self-awareness is the first way to do that. What am I doing? How do I feel? When I often think about people who have chronic migraines, mm-hmm. and I'm not suggesting that in every single case these people are living disingenuous lives. That's right. not what I'm suggesting. But I have to wonder if there's something unresolved under their level of awareness right. that's creating this pressure, you know, Mm -hmm. the restriction blood flow. I mean, I know there's a physiological reason for the headache. Right. But there's an awful lot of science that's starting to suggest that we have physiological responses with if we omit the emotional expression. Yeah, our minds are powerful. Mm -hmm. We've mentioned that before. Whether you think you are or you aren't, you're right. That's right. I mean, over and over, you know, what we think about ourselves proves to be true. Yeah. You know, speaking of headaches, and this is kind of a bizarre, weird note, but I was reading something today about migraines. And some people are suggesting that if you get a piercing in that yeah. littlest part. I, think it's, I don't know how to pronounce it. It's Daith? D-A-I-T-H. Yes. Yes. I forget. I don't know how to say it, but. I think that's what it's called. The, yeah. A Daith piercing. Yeah. That there's release because sometimes they'll pierce right through the acupressure point. Oh, yeah. So it's based on an acupressure point, yeah, right? Yeah, But the medical doctors are saying that it's a um, placebo effect. Yeah, yeah. That it's sure. actually not true. That even with acupressure, it's not the constant acupressure. It's the occasional treatment of right. acupressure that makes the difference. 
And to that I say, if it helps you, who cares? <laughs> yeah, but it's kind of it just kind of goes along the saying of right. if you think it to be true, it, it absolutely will be. Or yeah. not, you're right. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's fascinating. Our brains are fascinating. So, yeah. yeah. So I think when it all comes down to the to the nitty gritty, this awareness and the ability to kind of stay focused in the present moment is also about really identifying the scripts that you're living by Mm -hmm. and are they yours or are they somebody else's and sometimes it's hard to differentiate that because part of what is mine is tethered to yours you know there's a little bit of mixture there and so in therapy I often just spend a lot of time trying to break that down but you don't need a therapist to do that you can do it at home and really Identifying those shoulds is a really good first step. Yeah. Um, you can go back and listen to that podcast that we did about shoulds. Um, trying to identify where what are the things that are really meaningful to me versus what I'm doing for somebody else. Yeah. So paying attention, living in the present moment. Um, I read a quote the other day that was, and we're going to talk about fear at some point this fall, I read a quote the other day that I thought was really interesting and said, all depression is based on the past. All anxiety is based on the future. Hmm. And neither exist in the present. Yeah. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> if you think about that, right, mm-hmm. it's, it's pretty interesting. Yeah, because I don't have any anxiety about things that have happened in the past. Yeah. Does, that that feeling doesn't exist about things that have passed. But yeah, well, they don't. They don't really, unless you're worried about somebody finding out about that. Well, but that's actually happening in the future, right? right? Exactly. <laughs> it's so interesting. Yeah. So I think that's our discussion for today. Our try this at home this week is the recommendation to take the values in action inventory of strengths. The website is www.viacharacter.org. And then you have the opportunity there to, um, there's a little button at the top that says take the free survey, and then it will provide you with the report. Yeah. And you can, it, just so that people are aware, it, it gives you these in a list. You don't have to pay for it. You don't have to do anything crazy. So it, it truly is free. <laughs> Right. And then there's lots and lots of information on the internet on how to use your strengths and how to, what they mean. Um, and actually, the Institute on Character does a really good job of kind of giving you a lot of those resources. So that is our suggestion for this week. Now, next week, we're going to be talking about habits. Yeah, I'm excited. And, yeah. So we'll, we hope that you'll join in. We're, and we're going to be talking about what breaks habits and how we define habits and what are healthy habits and so on and so forth. We hope that you'll join us then. As always, we're super grateful that you took time to listen. If you have any questions or comments, we hope that you'll reach out on our website, www.trythisathomepodcast.com. And of course, subscribe where you listen to your podcast. We would love it if you could give us a rating or review to help us get in front of more people. And of course, sharing our podcast always makes us happy. For now, this is Leslie and Leslin suggesting you try this at home.
All perspectives and opinions expressed during this podcast are for educational and informational purposes only. There is no direct or indirect intention to provide psychotherapy or mental health services. If you are seeking counsel for individual circumstances, please consult with a local health professional.